Ladies and gentlemen, an extra special week of MLB debuts. Not only is it week 12 of the regular season, the full marathon, but the bombshell of all bombshells, the Freddie Freeman saga, the most respected man in baseball, stabbed in the back at to brute style this is what has happened people a mere hours ago revelations have hit us freddie is in fact not a free man no man is free if he's getting absolutely screwed by people <laughs> by people who should be acting in his best interest and we are going to unpack all of that and many more with a surprise guest who is a here mere hours in the making, Henry Bettencourt. Welcome to the show, man. Glad to be here as usual. Barrett, your lead-ins, always, always impeccable. <laughs> always, uh, hey. Uh, always hey, impeccable. On the fly, man, on the fly. So, uh, Freddie and uh, Henry, <laughs> I guess... I'm gonna kiss our calling My you Freddy. Name is Freddie. You you caught me. That's why you like <laughs> him so much. You're, you're repping the Braves hats. When the Freddie bombshell drops, I mean, you got to drop what you're doing, right? You got to drop what you're doing, just like we said. Oh, look at that! Actually, um, our friend Jeff is watching us right now. But... He sure is. Jeff, drop a comment, man. You could become a part of the show too. Go on Facebook. Go on YouTube. Everybody who's watching, comment on because. I mean, we're not going to delay it any longer. We're just going to get right into it. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to read a very short article, and then Henry, I'm going to turn it over to you because you are you are repping the Astros, and the, the, you are repping the A. I'm repping the Astros. You're repping the Braves, and Travis is repping the, the clean you know, shaven, the, the, the <laughs> clean, clean shaven, and, clean shaven in the YT like 2005. Yes, <laughs> you're repping the millennial. The millennial hairdo. <laughs> That's what you're repping. Hipster haircut and fleet and fresh shaven over here. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you, you're repping the cool youth pastor look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This. All right. Before we get too off the rails, ladies and gentlemen, I'm from Fox 5 in Atlanta. Freddie Freeman's agent withheld pertinent information, quote, about Braves offer, Fox Sports Radio host reports. So, Freddie Freeman, Los Angeles Dodgers is own first baseman, Freddie Freeman, because we all know he's an LA guy, heart not. <laughs> His agent withheld. Well, depends on, well, I mean, Clayton Kershaw had some comments on that, but you know. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Freddie Freeman's agent withheld specifics about contract negotiations from the Atlanta Braves during his free agency, according to Fox Sports host. Doug Gottlieb. I butchered his last name, but nope, I do not. You care. said it correctly. Gottlieb. It sounds like Gilbert Gottfried, RIP, but <laughs> Gottlieb. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So Freddie Freeman reportedly fired his agency, XL Sports Management, after an emotional three game series in Truist Park. We all saw it. We saw yeah. the choked up press conference. We saw him re receive the ring, and he was choked up the whole time, abnormally choked up to most people. Yeah. But here we are, and again from the article, Fox Sports radio host Doug Gottlieb said that he was told the final offer the Braves made to Freeman was close to the offer that L.A. made, and his agency never told him about the offer the direct quote from doug gottlieb says casey close never told freddie freeman 
about the Braves' final offer. This broke at 4.16 p.m. This today. today. That is why Freeman fired him. Yeah. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. It isn't that rare to have happen in MLB, but it happened. Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. And he says he found out over the weekend just how close Atlanta had come to their final offer, called up Casey Close and said, you didn't tell me this offer. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Yes. He said it exactly like that. You can't, yeah. you can't, you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> no. So, so that's what Gottlieb said on the show. Gottlieb said, according to really good sources in the business, close thought that they were better opportunities with the Dodgers. And he said, and that's why he never told him. Freeman became a free agent. Uh, you know, after the Braves won the World Series, he signed a $162 million six-year contract with the Dodgers days after the Braves announced that they traded for Matt Olson yeah. and signed him long-term. Yeah. Molson has since started all 74 games for the Braves at first base. He's a lefty. He's younger. That's the end of the article. Uh, yes, Henry, your reaction. Yeah, the floor I mean, is yours. You know... When I when I came on when we did the Braves season preview, I you know back in March or whenever it was, I I put more of the blame on Freeman because at the time it seemed like they just he really wanted that sixth year and that was it. But mm -hmm. the new information makes it makes it sound like the agent wanted that sixth year and maybe <laughs> Freddie just <laughs> you know just got completely shafted out of what he actually wanted. So. You know, I you know, I, I think for me it really it really changes the the perspective in the sense of you know, it's like, geez, poor Freddie. You know. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say for the guy? He he wanted to be in Atlanta, that's where he wanted to be, but you know, it sounds like his agent, like like you said from that article, had a had a better idea or had a had an alternative idea about what was best for Freddie. It wasn't necessarily Freddie saying what was best for Freddie. It was the agent trying to tell Freddie what was best for Freddie. And and now he's now he's in LA. I know and it's the the agent clearly was not acting in his client's best interest. Yeah. If he knew that Freddie was going to accept that offer, Freddie probably told him he's like, "Hey, yeah. Let me know. Let me know when Atlanta makes an offer. Exactly. And in that offer, again, I was reading. I don't remember. I, I I've been absorbing a lot about it. But again, that Paul Goldschmidt deal, it, it 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 was really close to that Paul Goldschmidt deal. And I, you know, from a production basis, Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, apples. Yeah. They're, they're pretty close on, in terms of the value they provide from an offensive and defensive production standpoint, right? So it was a fair deal, but the agent didn't didn't uh, didn't pass it along. So yeah, it's just and agents get commissions off of the yep. deals that they yep. have, and so you gotta wonder if he wanted. But if the deals were close, again, the, the Dodgers deal probably came later. So, I mean, it's just the agent was probably like, man, maybe I can just milk out yeah. a little bit more. I mean, th this that's what it sure seems like. It, it yeah. seems like he was trying to start a bidding war. But how do you start a bidding war when you call Anthopolis 
And oh, that's a good question from Jeff, actually. Does yeah. the Major League Baseball Players Association step in over this issue to make sure something like this doesn't happen again? Excellent question. That is a good question. I think yeah. regardless, um, the Freddie Freeman should definitely sue this person. Uh, I think, you yeah. know, he should well, file a lawsuit. Well, because, you know, Rhett Rosenthal, and I think, Barrett, you said it too, that this this practice is commonplace, but it's yeah. pretty messed up if this is commonplace. If agents yes. aren't telling their their players, like, w- what offers they're getting, and they're gaming the system to try and get an extra $10, $50 million on a contract, like, you know, somebody's got, I mean, yeah, the Players Association needs to be doing more to protect their their people from stuff like this yeah so 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 it is immoral yeah uh there, there are plenty of things that are immoral you know immoral for lack for lack of a better term but technically legal mlbpa they could i mean yeah i mean theoretically step in i'm no expert or whatever kind of rule they can put in in yeah. terms of transparency between agents and their representatives but yeah. i mean I mean, something should happen, but uh, this is really the first instance in which an agent screws over someone because the reason why this is so different is because of the attachment that Freeman has. Exactly. It's it's a huge, it's a huge lightning rod, Barrett. You're totally right. Because he, because this is like, if, if Jose Altuve left the Astros. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine the, the, I mean, just, you know exactly so and so in all the other instances in which this happened it probably wasn't a big deal because they have no attachment to the team they're just like i want the best offer period freeman definitely didn't and i mean yeah he probably wanted five and they were probably going to give him five they probably won't going to give him as much as olsen but i mean they were talking before the lockout well well I think the Braves they they had not been actually talking during the lockout with Freeman. They they had pretty I said, much. I said before the lockout. Oh, they before, probably yeah, were. Yeah, 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 not yeah. during. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. so so Jeff actually sent me a good a good summary of the offers. I'm just going to read it out just so we can talk through all the math. Um, right. so Freeman, so that when when Excel called Atlanta and said these are your two offers, you have one hour to decide. It was five years, 165 million, 33 million dollar AAV. Or six years and 175 million and approximately 29.2 million AAV. Atlanta offered the offer that Freeman didn't know about was the five-year 140 million dollar offer. It was 28 million AAV, right? Mm-hmm. The estimated market value for Freeman was five-year 135. Okay. Right? With 27 AAV. And then what Freeman ends up with is six 162 with a 27 million AAV with 57 million of it deferred. So, wow. you know, so close and they're all above his market value. Yeah. So but the Atlanta they one were was, competitive. Was, 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 they're all competitive, but the Atlanta one was just barely above that. So, but again, he didn't know about it. So what is he, <laughs> how can he say yes to something he doesn't know about, which is where it seems this yes. conversation is circling because if, if players are going to have agents and the agents are going to tell the players everything that's going on, I mean, like you said, Barrett, it's extremely immoral. And it, it, it really is. And I let's go back in time. Let us replay the events in light of this revelation. I am bringing up a Sports Illustrated article from March 18th, 
2022, titled the article, Freddie Freeman on Braves, Communication Wasn't All There. And it says, as the season went on, this is Freeman talking. Yeah. As the season went on, there were no talks. So you figured this is what was going to happen when you get to free agency. All things are kind of off. Freddie right. is saying this without knowledge. He said the communication wasn't all there in the offseason. I got two phone calls. I got more from Andrew for Freeman, yeah. the Dodgers president, to my agent in a matter of a couple of hours. I didn't know what was going on. I got one call the day from the Braves before the lockout, just checking in. I got one call when the lockout was lifted, just checking in. I didn't know how to interpret that. Yeah. That is all quotes from Freeman back in March. So yeah. you, you hear that, and then you know what all happened between yeah, exactly. lockout. You know, I mean, the beginning and the end, he gets one phone call after the lockout, yeah. but all in the middle well, I mean, I mean, they probably were talking during the lockout, but as soon as the lockout was lifted, they probably reached out to his agent. Yeah. And this all happened. And yeah. for all, all we're thinking is the Braves say, screw it. Let's trade for Olsen. Freeman's like, what the heck? But if you're okay, in that fine. situation, you're the Braves. What else are you supposed to do? The agent you have, calls you yeah. and says you have one hour to take one of either very unreasonable offers. <laughs> So if you're a good GM, you're sitting here like, oh, man, I'm about ready to get fleeced if I don't do something else right now. Yes. So, you know, and I I, I've can, I defended Anthopolis then. I will defend him now. Like, I, if, if you're in that situation as a GM, you have to do something. Yes. You know? And so, the, the Olsen deal is a good deal. Oh, it's I mean, a phenomenal deal. They didn't give yeah. up that much to get him. And then they get him for eight years. He's four years younger than Freeman, you know. Yeah, I mean, but it's all about the nostalgia trips, the legacy yeah. people. Look at Pujols. Yeah. Look at the guys going well, back home. He did leave for you know for a decade before he came back. So and he he made bank. And he made bank. <laughs> he, he did make bank. Um, oh, but again, you know, it goes back to. You know, the other thing I think about, and I saw it on one of the comment sections, was when Chipper warned Freeman and said, don't mess around with the Braves. Like, don't sit there and play games with them. You know, deal with them yes. up front, and, like, you're going to get what you want. But, you know, but the agent, it wasn't Freeman. It was perhaps the agent that was playing games with everybody. Right? So. Yes. It, absolutely that guy needs to be sued to the high heavens uh it is immoral at the very least whether it's illegal or not is another story we i'm not a legal ex expert but it doesn't matter if it's legal or not it still is immoral you're not doing you're not doing your job you're not acting in the client's business and, and what i mean at the end of the day he probably would have gotten the same amount of commission anyway roughly speaking i mean no. give or take I mean, we're talking, I mean, dude, you're getting six figures, seven figures. I mean, shut yeah. up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, it's, and you play out the revelations. Olsen gets traded. Freddie's like, what the heck? Okay, fine. I'm going to sign with the Dodgers. He's making the most, the best of it. Yeah, he's and, shocked. He's hurt. He doesn't know what's happening, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the season goes off. 
this past weekend must have been hard for him because, I mean, talk about it all hitting you at once because he's back where he was for 15 years. He is he's made aware of these revelations and he's like, Oh crap. I, I, I could have been here. I could have been here for five years and it all, it was just, it was the perfect storm of emotions. And that he, they don't want to play second fiddle to, to Freddie Freeman. But, and then we first hear that he fires Excel and we all think, He's firing his agent because he got emotional over the weekend and whatever. But then this right here, what happened a few hours ago, it all makes sense, man. Yeah, because, you know, I I remember because I was watching the games over the weekend. I was following the coverage and something felt off about the whole thing. And I just yeah. was it because like Freeman was so emotional and it yeah. I, something just seemed off. And um, in the end. Yeah, it's just he was abnormally emotional. Some people pointed out, but and my initial reaction was just like, you don't know if you're going to be in that situation. He obviously has an emotional attachment, but then, I mean, this makes all the sense in the world. It was just bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what he must have been going through. Yeah, so. yeah, it's tough, you know, for him. But I mean, at least he's in his hometown. So true, true. Yeah. It. Yep. Six years, years, uh, you know, they can train them at any point. I, I, I'm not aware. I'm actually not averse to the trade clauses or lack there. Yeah. I don't actually don't know much about his LA contract. I haven't really, I mean, besides the, you know, the numbers, I haven't studied the specifics of it. So true. But all the while is to say, unfortunately, he's, he's going to have to make the best of it. And I'm sure he will. I mean, you you have a responsibility to your team and to your new fan base. And I mean, the Dodgers are a yeah. good team, but it is sad nonetheless. He's Freddie's one of the nicest people in Major League Baseball. Very few people hate him. He's universally yeah. loved. And ah, yeah, the good the good guys sometimes get stabbed in the back. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I will. I will also note though, he has yeah. he does not have an opt out or no trade clause. okay so So that could you know we'll see how it all plays out over the years you know yeah you know for the dodgers they probably like tough luck as long as you're productive we're going to keep you on and i mean he's he's had a pretty good season yeah no he's you know he's doing what freddie typically does right um i think it's just independent how he ages can he maintain that slugging percentage i don't think the contact will disappear but you know is he able to maintain 500 slugging percentages yeah like so five six years you know we'll, we'll find out i mean it's it's a question for for everybody so yeah i mean uh-huh. he, 306 batting average uh, he has a 486 slogan which isn't too shabby yeah. um 141 ops plus i mean he's doing great yeah. and you juxtapose that with with olsen yeah olsen's not quite there um but he's the last, so he hit two homers last night. Uh-huh. Last I looked, he had two hits tonight. Let's see if he got another one. But, you know, the last couple of nights, it's almost like he's just turned on an extra gear. Yeah, he's two for four tonight. Yeah, so, 253 batting average, 350 on base, 481 slugging, 126 OPS plus. So they're both above average, but Freeman yeah. definitely, he's 2.4 wins. Better, yeah. 
The, the one thing I will I will give Olsen is he's leading baseball. I think he's leading the league in doubles still, actually. Um, that is correct. He yeah. is a league leading 29 doubles. Oh, he's up to 31 now, apparently. Oh, uh, so baseball reference needs to get there. Yeah, just <laughs> act together. Well, he probably got two tonight. Yeah, I think but... he got two tonight. I feel like he got two tonight. True. Yep, he got two tonight. There so... you go. So he's, uh... he's cruising on that sense. Um, so I think if, you know, if you're the Braves and you're a Braves fan, you just move on with Olsen at this point. You know, you love Freddie, you, you wish mm-hmm. the best for him. But, you know, given what, what we know now about the agent, there's not much else that can be done except move on and hope that that the Players Association can prevent situations like this in the future from happening. I wonder if other major sports – their unions have any kind of um, protections in this regard, or if it's, it's even possible. Question. Yeah, I I don't know. That's a great question, honestly. Yeah, um, I don't know. We can kind of look it up on the fly, or but yeah. Um, but yeah, it is all unfolding. So, but there you go, Trav. You have any uh, two cents to add into this? Not really, man. I feel like y'all have. Uh kind of explained everything this evening and the, the the whole situation makes sense here it's just it's a raw deal uh obviously yeah the 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 agents are supposed to be unbiased mediators in the process here not looking for an easy payday not looking for you know what gets the process done the uh the quickest here but what uh what ultimately uh, gets the player what their desire uh, is. They work for the players. They're not out there just out there working for their own interests. So yeah, it's a raw deal. Uh, yeah, just one of these things. It absolutely makes sense. It's probably a lot more common than uh, than you know what comes out uh, and uh, in, in the public's eye. Uh, but certainly, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what it, like Jeff was asking, if the uh, if the players' association does ultimately you know take any action on this or if any sort of oversight is created uh into this process more to be able to protect players and their interests for what should rightly be theirs um in the at the negotiating table um but yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah i mean i i certainly don't see see freddie sabotaging his situation in uh out in la uh just to be able to go back to the braves of like and if you're just he's going to ride this out and uh, figure out the way to ultimately make the best out of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am uh, uh, in the fly. I am looking up on the fly and to uh, to kind of do some light onto MLBPA uh, sportsagentblog.com. It says, "What is the fall from it? It is far too early to tell." However, the MLBPA regulations governing player agents could give us some guidance. Section five of the regulation deals with the standards of the conduct of player agents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. It governs prohibited conduct and grounds for disciplinary action is a provision that says player agents shall engage in conduct involving dishonesty, fraud, deceit, misrepresentation, utter conduct that reflects adversely on his fitness to serve as a player agent. Uh, Failing to disclose material information to a client would seemingly violate this provision amongst others in the MLPA regulations. 
it has the right the MLBPA has the right to revoke or suspend the certification of any player agent under section 40 of the MLBPA regulations if the player agent fails to comply or engages in conduct in violation with etc 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 uh could also require player agents provide that player agent provides restitution to players for damages or losses he has wrongfully caused so the long story short is that there are sections within the regulations that seem to address this. Yeah. So our sports agent blog, we all know that's the most you know yeah. <laughs> reliable source in the world. But it's just uh, yeah, email the head of the MLBPA and ask, hey, can I see? Uh, can I can you shoot me a PDF of uh, <laughs> of it here? I need to got a podcast I got to do exactly so um but hopefully that has a grain of truth in it so but it is it is good we do not want this to happen again so yeah i mean if all that is true i mean his agent did himself absolutely no favors like you like you so i want to i want to add one thing about this agent um yes something so jeff also sent me this Mm. um i don't know if y'all remember brady aiken by chance the name does ring sounds he got drafted by the Astros in 2014, mm-hmm. and then that contract negotiation completely collapsed. Mm-hmm. The same agent. Ooh. So you know, this... so was close. That was he that guy that was a top five pick and turned out to be an overall bust, or am I thinking of someone else? Well, that did happen to him, but he—I think he had a Tommy Johnson. He has some sort of arm trouble when the Astros backed out. And uh, yeah, that I, was the compensation I, pick that then led to Alex Bregman. Gotcha. Hey, we got something good out of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy just—I mean, I know agents. I mean, they know they—they they think the best interest for the client is make the most amount of money possible. And if the client expresses that and they don't care, I mean, yeah. that's one thing. But man. It's just long gone, or it, since the birth of free agents, you have teams that don't care as much. Think of Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa wanted the highest AAV period. He doesn't give a crap about the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's sensational. He maybe he might a little bit, but um, yeah. Jeff's pointing out how uh, number one pick in the yeah, overall thank pick you. in twenty fourteen. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Yes. Thank. Yes. Thank you for your contributions to the show, Jeff. Really appreciate it. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's I but you still have people who are loyal to their team. Chipper Jones, Freddie Freeman could have easily been the next Chipper Jones. Yep. And that and that's where he was heading. Yeah, all so, everything was pointing in that direction. Yeah. Until the agent intervention or intervention. You know, I mean, because the other the other thing is we don't know what Freddie told the agent. Like we don't know what that communication pattern was. We all we know that the agent withheld information from Freddie. Yes. Right? But yeah. Well, All we know is like, Freddie's you know, big mad right now. They tell him about a whole offer. So yeah, yeah, that man's no longer working for him. So uh, yeah. he's finding work <laughs> elsewhere now. So exactly. Well, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, hot topics, more to come from the fallout later. But uh, uh, now we're going to do an abbreviated version of the regular show, people. There is so much else to go through. And we're going to do our No Doubter of the Week. And this week, 
It goes to Shohei Otani, the reigning AL MVP, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, get a load of this. So, on the 25th, uh, this man, you know, I still think he's got a shot at winning the MVP. You might call me crazy. I'm not just saying that because, you know, he. I, I chose him at the beginning. But look at this. Logan Gilbert, a stud. One zip. We're in the bottom of the third. And... Shoei Ot- and it comes in. Shoei Otani is up at the bound. The samurai sword. Look at that. Feast your eyes. It goes. I mean, it's just like 462 feet. This guy's a mammoth. What a thing of beauty. There you go. It was about it was about time that Shoei was gonna win it. We'll go ahead and go at the beginning again. But yeah, it's there's nothing that this guy can't do. It it was just a fast swing, too. I mean... Yeah, that man didn't even have to follow like all the way through with his swing right there. Like He pulled that thing just, back quickly, and he's just like, yeah, it's gone. Oh, yeah. An absolute no-doubter thing of beauty right there. 462 feet. 118 off the bat. My goodness gracious. 28 degree launch angle. He hit that off of a four seam fastball. I mean, you, it threw it to him down and in, and I guess that's his sweet spot. <laughs> so, and when I say super cool dude, I'm of course talking about Chicago. <laughs> I keep saying Chicago. Colorado Rockies, his own Chad Cool. <laughs> in his first ever pitching game. He threw a complete game shutout of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are not, they're not a small team by any stretch. LA shut off for the fourth time this season, third time this month. And when was that third time? Chad Cool. So good for you, man. It's, I mean, that's pretty impressive by any conceivable metric. Um, another, uh, another bit of information. And I know we were talking about this before the show, the Orioles have had a winning month this month of June. It is the first winning month that they've ever had since August of 2017. Let that sink in everybody. Think about everything that's happened since then. I know. Rugnit Odor. That's what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got Rugnet Odor. He's oh, the difference. Man. More like Rutschman. <laughs> oh man, uh, that, that's just funny. Pirates, Orioles, fan bases that are just completely, uh, just they're underserved. They're getting screwed over. But hey, congratulations, Orioles. You will still amount to nothing. But congratulations. <laughs> Two, two teams with absolutely beautiful ballparks. Uh, I mean, I guess you could throw three in there as well with the Royals too, that just are yeah. like not doing anything in terms of putting together a, a watchable product on the field uh, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, and it's like, yeah, they have so many more fans packing into their stadium there and enjoying some summer baseball, but uh, nope, they uh, <laughs> say that's not a priority. Yep, there you go. I still want to make the trip out to Camden Yards. Have you ever been to Camden Yards, Henry? I have not, actually. Yes, I hear it. I hear it's pretty nice. cool. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd got. I want to go to a few others. You know, Oracle, Fenway, Wrigley. But I mean, Camden. I mean, it. I mean, it's up there. I mean, 
So, yep. well, so yes, you do the bare minimum Orioles. You get like a participation <laughs> trophy. <laughs> so. Well, they made the AL East that much more thick. So, <laughs> a distance because, 21 and a half game. Well, I mean, from a, you know, if we look at all the worst teams, the and if you, if you start at the bottom up, the NL West and the AL East have the most uh, competitive divisions. True that. You just have some outlier teams that are overachieving. Yeah. yeah. AKA the New York Yankees, the evil <laughs> evil empire. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that in a sec. And then the last bit of general topics: Justin Verlander, fresh off Tommy John, the first pitcher to ten wins in baseball this season. Congratulations, JV. A scion caliber season at the age of 38. He is baseball's version of Tom Brady. <laughs> Com- <laughs> complete with a supermodel wife and uh, everything else that comes with it. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, wins. Wins is not the best metric for a pitcher. A pitcher can throw six innings and give up two runs. And if his team doesn't score a single run, um, he gets a loss. But we all agree that six innings, two runs, or even six, let's just say six innings, one run, is still a good outing, but you still get the loss. <laughs> but despite that, it is still good. What that means is he's keeping the offense at bay and his team, the Astros' offense, is pulling through and backing him up. So... There you go. All right. We're going to ran through these uh, stats. Uh, um, American League, New York Yankees, it's New York's world, and we're all living in it. They are 56 and 20, 13 games ahead of the Blue Jays. I mean, unless you're the Astros. <laughs> unless, you, <laughs> hey, the Astros have been doing well on their New York run. They've they swept, certainly have. They swept the Mets twice, and they split the series with the Yankees. They should have won that series. They could have swept it. Yeah. They at least should have won it. They should have won wow. that game Thursday night. Six to three, bottom of the ninth. They give up four runs. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> it's right there. But, hey, I'm rooting for a Yankees-Astros ALCS. That's what, I mean, because, I mean, come on. It's just the rivalry. heading there. Yes. It's got to be heading there. Otherwise, yeah. unless it's like the Twins or something like that. Cause, oh, come on. I mean, I, <laughs> hey, they're, the Twins are first in the Central, Henry. They're three games ahead of the Guardians. The Chicago White Sox are massively underperforming. My question to you, Henry, is, is it time? Has the Tony Lewisa experiment gone on too long? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm qualified to handle that level of scientific questioning. Is the Pope um, Catholic? <laughs> I think uh with Tony uh, I think they have issues beyond Tony LaRusa that are going uh, on. Everybody That's blames the manager. Anyway. You know. I mean, the Angels replaced their manager and it hasn't done a whole lot for them. So uh, you know what it got out of them? A 10 game suspension. <laughs> well that yeah, that, that, yeah. that was I wasn't quite sure what happened on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he intentionally, um, yeah, 
I have a bookmark tweet. I don't want to butcher it. I I was going to cover this at the beginning, and then I decided not to. But now it's too late to not do it. So oh, come on, you got you got to throw it in there now, Barry. I have a bookmark tweet. John Heyman says, "Okay, set the scene." Angels and the Mariners have an epic brawl of epic proportions. And brawls happen for a reason. It's because of accumulated events over the past few days, sometimes few years. But a brawl ensued. John Heyman says, MLB clearly concluded that Angels manager, who is their new, basically interim manager, by the way, Phil Nevin, chose Andrew Wants to start for the purpose of getting retribution for the Mariners, throwing high and tight to Mike Trout. This happened the day before, the evening before. Wants threw inside to Julio Rodriguez in the first, then hit Jesse Winker in the second, thus 10 games for Nevin. So and they investigated and they concluded that the the manager aided and abetted the retribution which guys this happens in baseball there is a book i've said it many times on the show it's called baseball codes it ex- it explains the unwritten rules of baseball i enjoyed that book a lot more than i thought i would and i'm telling you guys retribution is the name of the game it's phasing out slightly but it's still largely there I mean, it exists. So if yeah. you want inside scoop baseball codes, you know, hit it up. It's it's actually pretty fascinating. The The start of the book talks about the famous Nolan Ryan punching Robbie Ventura. Just a little teaser. That event was three years in the making. Wow. Three, three years in the making. Yeah. So if you want to know what happened just read the book (laughs) there is a guy towards the end i'll give one little tidbit away he had a hit list of people because he's a pitcher to get retribution on and he would check people off the list he's like all right i beamed you check i beamed you check it took him 20 years to get to the end of that list. You got to ask, is that really how you want to live your life? <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, eye for an eye. <laughs> you, know, you, gotta, you might get what you want, but is it really what you want? <laughs> you know? Hey, uh, you know, try telling that to these people high off of steroids and testosterone. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna get gonna get opposing players on base and uh, statistically uh, <laughs> worsen uh, my team's chances of uh, of winning the game. But by darn, I got to <laughs> I got my adversaries in the process. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, that right there is a good book. Um, we got some interesting races here. I mean, Dodgers are one game ahead of the Padres. Uh, Brewers are one game ahead of the Cardinals. Mets won three and a half against ahead of the Braves. I, I was saying, I was saying Did last say? week, I was like, they're coming. The they're Braves coming. are coming. I mean, coming. you've got to admit, Henry, the Braves didn't have a good start, but as of oh, recent, no, no. Been... they had title hangover. Acuna was out. They, you know, they were trying to figure yeah. out, I feel like they were trying to figure out the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. And then Snicker gave that very, he gave some kind of motivational speech. I mean, I don't know what it was, but I'd love to hear it every day. And they won yes. 14 in a row after that. Dang, um, dude. You know, because they because the lineup just wasn't working. And what they did, they started just cycling through and just started putting people in random spots. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Mets, you know, the Astros helping me out, helping everybody out. You know, I'm yes. winning both ways here. So, you know, um, 
and you know, they, you know, four wins against the Mets and the Braves stay hot. And now all of a sudden three and a half games. I yeah. mean, that's, that's all it takes. Will the Mets collapse like they did last year? Their collapse was epic last year. I don't I mean, think that they'll collapse like that. I, I think they're too good this year. I think is, is yeah. Scherzer still out? Um, I am going to go to the injury report, but if he is still out, his return is imminent. Yeah. Uh, I, they, I think remember covering that last time. So, uh, here we go. As of yesterday, Scherzer is now scheduled to make his next rehab start actually this evening in double yeah, yeah, a Birmingham, Birmingham, So, and then as of today, Jacob DeGrom threw 27 pitches during a yeah. live batting practice. So, and then Carlos Carrasco threw a bullpen session recently. Carlos Carrasco pitched for the Mets yesterday. Oh, he did. Okay. Sorry. That and the Astros lit him up. Well. <laughs> <laughs> they won like nine zip. Well, take those, you know. So, but, but, but I get what you're saying. The point you're pointing out, Henry is that DeGrom and Scherzer will come back. They're getting healthier, right? So yes. I don't I don't expect them to just fall apart, but I think that the Braves can stay behind them, especially if Mike Sorka comes back and you know all of a sudden that Braves rotation gets just that much better. So Yes, and Jeff uh, Jeff brings up a good point that's saying that Carrasco is in rehab starts and that you can still call that a BP session. So, okay. I, I I guess there's some there there is some truth and validity to what you're saying, Henry. The bottom yeah. line is the Astros lit them up, and yeah. they are helping out the Braves. It is good to see the Braves represent, defend the championship better. They're getting, yeah. they're clawing back, but there's something different about the Mets. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't yeah. think this isn't last year. Yeah. No. And the Phillies, you know, they lost Harper. I mean, we could talk about that, you know, true that. I mean, what was it? Snell pitching? Yeah. Or... Yeah. 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 Hit him in the thumb. Yeah. Uh, so. He didn't, didn't mean to, but yeah. And, I mean, it's still, you know, sucks, you know, as a Phillies fan, it's your best guy. Yes. So. And because the NL has DH Harper was able to still play. And yeah. he was, he's probably, he was on his way to becoming an all-star. He might still be a DH all-star, but yeah. then he, Bryce just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the reigning NL MVP, of course, when it comes to MVP in the national league, I mean, Manny Machado, Paul Goldschmidt, you got to look at those guys as oh, yeah. the front runners, yeah. but Goldschmidt's playing out of his mind. I know. Yeah. Know. I can't even remember the last time he played this good. Um, Seriously, I mean, the Cardinals are having fun, and Trav picked them to win the Central, and everyone thought that the Brewers, it was going to be their their division, but the Cardinals have a plus 21 run differential. They've on a two, they're on a two-game win streak. I just think that they're riding that fun factor like the Mets are. They're having fun. Yeah. They're, they're putting in position players as pitching as just kind of like a screw you type thing not waving the white flag it's like a victory lap screw you i'm gonna we're gonna throw out yachty molina and albert pujols because we're up on by seven runs <laughs> yeah they've been, they've been doing that an awful lot yes you know? <laughs> and by awful lot twice yeah well i mean that's <laughs> twice more than i would have expected so <laughs> that the first time i was like that's surprising and then it happened the second time i was like wow you know, I mean, at A and M, if it happens twice, it's a tradition. So I was like, "Wow, I guess it's just a tradition." 
<laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. So, but yeah, it's just the fun. The teams that have fun, they win. Look at Jocktober. Yeah, Jock- exactly. The Braves. Jock- have, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You know, keep things fun. I mean, once. It- two games you gotta have fun people because otherwise it's just depressing <laughs> yeah so. i mean it's a grind you know you gotta you gotta keep your head up i uh, know so i mean you know you look at the cardinals they've got the they've got the fifth best era in the national league they've got you know the what, what's their run total wow they scored the most runs in the nl so yeah you know. seriously it's albert Pujols not adding a whole lot but Maybe he's adding some intangibles. Yeah, there's probably some things there that we can't measure. Hopefully, they don't turn into <laughs> trash cans like Beltran's. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Albert Pujols can be like, here's how you lie about your age on a... <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the favorite. Oh, oh, man. But, you know, you look at... So the Brewers... So, I'm getting some stats here. The Brewers are eighth in the NL and run scored. Yes, um, and, and offenses can't get it together. Yeah, but you know, yeah. See, that's why you know, I their their pitching staffs are about equivalent, but the you know the Cardinals have a much better offense. So I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, Travis perhaps had some deep foresight on that one. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I think I think he should put money on that pick. But yeah, maybe or should have. <laughs> But yeah, I I find it funny how the Dodgers, despite having a 125 one differential, are, are only one game ahead of the Padres. The pot, the man, uh, Tatis, his and his return keeps getting pushed, which is not good. But Manny Machado is love him or hate him, he's carrying the team on his back. And it, I mean, it's not just him. You know, the pitching, Joe Musgrove's playing. He's a Cy Young front runner, playing out of his mind. And so, so you've got some tight races in the NL Mets Braves. We're going to keep an eye on that for sure. Cause it's definitely not Mets all the way, at least for now. Yeah. I mean, you know, that could change. I mean, Scherzer and DeGrom could come back and pitch out of their minds and then, you know, yeah, you um, know, I mean, that could happen. You have um, to be very careful about yeah. when you bring them back. You got to do it right. It's yeah. kind of like with the callers. When pitchers oh, come geez, back, yeah, great yeah, point. <laughs> talk about, yeah, disappear. <laughs> exactly. It's just like they have, it's almost like they start spring training over again. And so they, they get their velo up and it's, just, you can't rush the process because if you do, it's just, it, it's going to backfire, which yeah. you blink and several games go by, but uh, the, the AL is not as competitive. Yankees, 13 games ahead. Houston Astros, baby, 11-game lead over the Texas Rangers going into New York, okay. and they're just turning they're just turning the FU right back over yeah. <laughs> to, to New York. Yeah, uh, the AL, is, it seems like, mostly in those wild-card spots. So yes. It's mostly, you know, you're looking at Toronto, Boston, Tampa, and Cleveland. Um, hey, Rangers four games out. That is doable. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, come on, Travis. You have a comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about it. It's interesting that the the Rangers have a worse record at home compared to away. 
Uh, they, I think it just, it seems like recently their home play hasn't been as good as it's been on the road. I feel like that we're seeing more and more of Globe Life Field developing kind of this reputation for being a cavernous place for offense where it just kind of goes to die. Um, yeah. and I think that's uh, with the makeup of this, uh, this Rangers team this year. That just is uh, that's just hurting them a bit comparatively uh, to being on the road. I mean, they showed a whole lot of offense, uh, not not to the ultimately in the two to one loss over the uh, the Royals in the series finale, uh, but uh, you know they get out there on the road a lot of these parks and they're uh, you know they're really uh, you know, the bats are hot, they have power behind them, they're getting on base. It's just not happened as much um, at home as of late. Um, and it's putting more of a more of the pressure, I think, on the uh, on the pitching and defense in that regard. So, um, yeah, and I think as I've told Barry in recent weeks, I think that there is um, that you know it's this is a much improved Rangers team. I mean, this is a team that probably will finish like right at five hundred or a little bit better at the end of the year, uh, but I think it may fall just short in terms of having all the horses that it needs to, um, yeah. to compete for a wild card spot. I mean, I think especially when you look at what the AL East is doing right now. Oh yeah, I mean, AL East is always so stacked, just every year. So yeah. look at the Blue Jays and the Red Sox; they have great records, guys. And so, it, you have to look at it in perspective. I mean, I mean, the Jays, who I picked to win the whole dang thing, um, they're starting to come back up. The Red Sox, it's 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 good for them; they're starting to come back up. I mean. And the race, all of them have at least 40 wins. And but it's too late to catch the Yankees. So it's you oh, so you think 13 games, you think the Yankees are gonna be able to ride that all the way to the end? It's a lot of games, guys. But <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, you know, I mean I, I, I'm old enough to remember in 2011 when the Red Sox and Braves just both coughed up, you know, 10, 11, whatever game leads in September, but it doesn't happen very often. True that, yeah. Yankees probably going to get the number one seed, which means they'll get a buy. They will have a buy in the in the best of three wild card round. Yeah. So then you go straight to the division series, which is best, which is best of five. Yeah. But I mean, it's just the expectations are too high for the Yankees. Oh yeah, I mean, way I, too high. That you know, I mean, I think the key thing for the Astros is getting that buy also to set them up to play the Yankees. I mean, to it, if the Yankees lose again to the Astros, <laughs> yes. I um... don't know what will happen to Yankee Twitter, but it will probably <laughs> not be very pretty. <laughs> we'll tell you how, we'll tell you what happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, so Travis, what do you think the Rangers need to yeah, do? Big, big market dominance <laughs> yeah yeah no no so no, travis for the rangers what do you think they need to do to compete with the astros next year oh man call I... up jack Leiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes that's uh yeah that's one way of uh helping out i i don't know if there's an <clears throat> i don't know if there's an easy answer um right now and uh we're looking at the, the the trade deadline and free agency next year i feel like i'm just not in that zone quite yet to really have the expert insight into it uh as we were talking about on our college show the other night uh i really wanted to see um i just really want to see in the draft this year 
Uh, I think the Rangers really go hard on pitching yeah. uh, still with the focus there and continue. I just think it absolutely must. I, I think it just that this is just a gut feel of like this new era of the Rangers. Like the way we're seeing this park play right now, it needs to be, they need to be built, uh, built on pitching. Uh, so continue. I mean, yeah, like someone like the opposite like, problem of what it used to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think you need Complete to look at 180. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Dylan Delucia is po- out of Ole Miss is possibly uh, a, a, <laughs> a, a prospect yeah. for, uh, for the Rangers. Uh, but I mean, and it's weird this year too. I mean, it's just wasn't, it wasn't a really strong year, uh, pitching wise in college baseball for the most part. So what, yeah. uh, what the draft has to offer in that regard. Uh, but you know, re- regardless of how you ultimately get the pitchers out there, find a way to yeah make the future of this, uh, this franchise around pitching. I think it really, really needs that. And that just the, the culture and the makeup of what this Rangers organization is right now. It needs pitching to, to anchor it down. Yeah. Yep. Um, hopefully they can get there. I mean, just hopefully, hopefully Josh Young can heal up and they can put him at third base. Because imagine this: Josh Young, Marcus Simeon, Corey, and it's a shame that he is. Seager's uh, Seager's pretty solid. He's not amazing, but he's solid. But Simeon, man, they just you know they they bought bought. high in a situation <laughs> buy high and you're not going to sell high <laughs> on that but but i don't know i yeah i want the rangers if they can make the wild card man that alone like everything else is bonus after that yeah 100 percent agree for sure so but they will get there they will rise again yes so they clearly have money to spend i mean they're blowing like 500 million on three people <laughs> three people now spread it out over like 10 years but still well, that's kind of what they did with a rod so i mean anyway gonna end things off with our latest no doubt or rankings which henry i'll just you you can say if you agree with any of this so uh coming in at number 10 the red Sox. you got just gotta it's a sympathy you know it's not really but i mean look at them they have been doing better they have an impressive 42 and 33 record plus 59 run differential so we got to give them a little bit of love i think it's the first time they're in our ranking so they're at number 10 uh brewers at number nine yeah when you're leading you got to get some props there coming in at number seven is the twins again bias towards leading your division i mean in a 43 and 34 record is nothing to scoff at the twins have been doing a pretty darn good job and they're a roller coaster team but this this time they're on the high and then we come in at the number i can't do math that was the 10 9 8 that was number 18 (laughs) i was was like wait a minute (laughs) coming in at number seven your own Atlanta Braves, Henry. Now, I mean, they're at number seven, which means I think that's a, a little low, seven. but I might be biased. Oh, <laughs> you, you, you might be biased. Well, coming in number I, so, six. Yeah. I, I think that they're, you know, a lot of rankings I've seen them at is number six, and I tend to agree with that. You know, I feel like the big five, you know, we're, we're like the Mets, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Pops. Yeah, we'll get to that. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm jumping ship. I'm jumping ship. No, no, no. Um, 
you know, we put them at number seven, and we put the Cardinals at six. And the reason ooh, why, oh, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. Hey, hey, we put the car. So if you, so let's take a look at this. Braves are forty-four and thirty-two. Cardinals forty-three and thirty-four. I mean, it's. I guess the record's more or less a wash, but Cardinals plus seventy-one run differential. They're on a two-game win. streak teams cardinals have better runs scored and better runs allowed than the braves now again i mean you can make a mountain out of a molehill with are you are you six or seven but i, I, I <laughs> could live I, mountain out of a molehill no i'm kidding <laughs> i could live you know it, they're interchangeable let's just well, actually, they're, they're playing July 4th through July 7th, so our question will be answered perhaps next week. Next week. Who will move up? Who will move down? Yeah. But uh, then we kind of then we get into the Power 5, which coming at number 5, it is the Padres. I mean, you're contesting in the NL West, which is a super tough division. They're 46-31 and 31 for crying out loud. I mean... That's yeah. technically the third best win total in all of baseball. Technically. So you got to give them props there. Coming in at number four, the Dodgers. All these teams are going down a spot. Mets at number three. And then you know who it is. The Astros bias is in full swing <laughs> because the yeah. Astros moved up three spots. <laughs> when you go into the belly of the beast. That when you go into the Big Apple and you say screw you to everybody and you you, you got your dong flapping in the wind, <laughs> you move up in the world. <laughs> Astros number two, Yankees number one. Because, I mean... I, I mean, I could have put Astros number one, but everyone is just that would have gotten laughed. You, you couldn't, there. you couldn't go quite that full homerism on this. <laughs> hey, it would have gotten the engagement on Twitter because I would have been like, "Screw you guys, Homer all the way." Astros number <laughs> one, and the Yankees would have just flipped the tables. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Yankees, Astros, Mets, Dodgers, Padres, Cardinals, Braves, Twins, Brewers, Red Sox. Is I mean, come on, Henry. Is that an okay ranking? I, I think it's okay. I, I still think the Braves, I think they're a little higher than that. I can't I can't put them in the top five. I you know, I, I think the Padres and Dodgers, because uh, the Braves are both, you know, they both ended up, I think, two and four against those teams. So I can't I can't put them over those, but I think I think they're they're about level with the Cardinals. And better than the Brewers, so there you go. I still think they're six, but I will rest my case. <laughs> there, agree, uh, agree to disagree. Agree so, to disagree. <laughs> but it's not like life or death here. <laughs> These are frivolous rankings from the, because we all know that we're all baseball experts over here, which is why you know we work for MLB Network on the side. But That's right. <laughs> secret, secret, double secret side job. So there you go. Well, I mean, guys, look at that. We're coming in right at the hour mark. This this was a special episode, and what made it so special was because it was just so impromptu. It's so improv. I mean, Henry. I mean, like three three hours ago, we didn't even know you were going to be on, but here you are, man. <laughs> here I am. Thanks for having me, guys. Dude, yeah, no, you're all, we always welcome your correspondence here. Anytime yeah. we uh, 
anytime we need you for anything uh anything uh braves related we'll uh we'll pull you in yeah just flip the uh freddie now matt olson signal and i will appear you will appear my <laughs> friend so yeah, there you go guys uh t-bone let's let you know let let's give our folks watching everybody tuning in thank you all for tuning in thank you jeff for all the comments this is let's give them a call to action absolutely uh, most of y'all you know the drill that by this point here if you're not subscribed to no doubter yet what are you doing uh you should be subscribed to us <laughs> on google apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts including our youtube channel as well which helps brings us this live stream make sure you're not missing out on no doubter wherever we are uh we'll always be broadcasting live here and you can always uh go back and listen to our episodes later uh leave us a review let us know how you've enjoyed the show uh make sure that you are liking us on facebook that you're following us on twitter and instagram boom and i are also on twitter at boombostic21 at travis lawfully respectively uh, take a look at our Patreon. We'd really love for you to join us there and help us build a community of people that uh, that love the sport of baseball and want an even greater access, level of access to it and the No Doubter show. Uh, we want to give uh, shout-outs to a couple of people that are part of making this show possible here as part of being our Patreon community as our longest-standing patron, Tad Bostic, and then our Patreon producer all the way at the legend level, Mr. Don Hale. We cannot thank you all enough uh, for, being, uh, for being part of this community. Check out our merch store at Tee Public. They've done an incredible job putting together T-shirts, uh, baseball shirts, hoodies, crewneck sweatshirts, uh, phone cases, uh, mugs, whole nine yards. Yes, the whole four, uh, the whole four bases. You could say uh, they uh, <laughs> they've got uh, they've got everything you could want here in terms of helping uh, in terms of swag to help us spread the show, uh, spread the word about our show here at No Doubter. You'll see all those important links in the description below. Boom, close us out like we do every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, be like Henry Betancourt. Uh, be a man who uh, is not afraid uh, to uh, to let the hair grow <laughs> on his face. Uh, rep your hat no matter what. Uh, go into your life and bat 400 and always swing for defenses. Because when you swing for defenses, you might not connect every time. But when you do, it is oh so glorious. So um, from all of us here, no doubter, for um, behalf of our guests, Henry Betancourt, Travis T-Bone Laughley, and myself, thank you all so much. Uh, we're going to be coming at you MLB action once a week, every week, to the bitter end. We're going to do it, baby. We will see you all then. This episode of No Doubter was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Laughley and edited by Travis Boster. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silbrick. 